Hey kids, we're talking about Pokemon this week, something that Sam Legault knows nothing about, so it'll be me staring this week. I haven't really been spending the last 20 years of my life sinking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into, um, you know, the various games, anime, spin-offs, manga of this franchise. I think I owned a board game at one point. I was about to say that I think a board game is the most esoteric Pokemon product I've seen in person, at least in America. Like, in Japan, there's tattooed on someone's fucking forehead, but... They probably have pachinko machines. Oh, there is pachinko machine for every like, brand. There's no way that they don't have Pokemon pachinko machines. There are pachinko machines for products that weren't even a success in the normal niche. Like, I'm sure you could just dig up a Drake of the 99 Dragons pachinko machine somewhere out there. The 99 what? This was a legendary video game failure on the Xbox. It was essentially an attempt to make a sort of crazy-ish stylized third-person shooter. Oh, I just... Th th okay, so the, the most... Famous, I guess, Xbox failure I know of is the one with the cat where they were trying to have Blinks, Blinks, Blinks. That Blinks, had two yeah. sequels where they were trying to they were trying to have a um a mascot for the Xbox. You know, sort of how Sega had Sonic and Nintendo had Mario. They wanted their own. Yeah, and instead they got a little what they call a stock value dip. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, no one remembers Blinks. Morgan remembers Blinks, but Morgan has played so many fucking video games that no one else remembers because they didn't. <laughs> they didn't actually sell. Are that they well. some kind of archivist? I don't know. I don't. It's it's really fucking uncanny how I will bring up some really esoteric, obscure nonsense, and they'll be just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, me and my siblings used to play that." Because their thing with video games is they will know nothing about a Gears of War or a fucking Mario Odyssey, as far as I can tell. But show them Echo the Dolphin. Yes, one of the three people left alive who remembers Echo, Echo the, the Dolphin, Dolphin or, or Blink the Times. The cat. I, it's like Fahrenheit 451, and they're just passing down the tapes. Passing down fucking the Book of Ecclesiastes. No, exactly. Yeah, no, um, they played all the way through Sonic 06. I don't even think Game Grumps was able to get through <laughs> Sonic 06. Yeah, uh, Sonic Sword gameplay doesn't, uh, like, doesn't lead to smiles. How do you? I, I, uh, I'm I, confusing I, that the Black Knight thing, whatever. I didn't actually think that it was possible to get, like, actually possible the way that the game was programmed to get through Sonic 06, and yes... And yeah, I mean, the Sonic franchise just keeps digging, and it's fascinating. It's kind of like that game Motherload, where eventually the thing breaches hell, but you can keep going. And that's really Sonic Team for a long time. Maybe even still now, I don't know. I don't track the game edge of Sonic that close anymore, because I'm not either a self-flagellator or that particular brand of fetishist. I will not make fun of furry people for a second, because when you really break it down, the shit I do with my consenting adults is weirder than just putting on a suit. But that is not my particular uh, lifestyle tile. I'm, I'm, a little, that I, I'm a little not about how fucking culty it is. Go on, go on. Cool, I'm going to be making some enemies here. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so oh, I, oh, oh, so the weekly thing where we insult half the country's political opinions is fine, but the 3% of fucking furries are going to kick dust off? Uh, there's a lot of fucking furries on the left, for whatever the fuck reason. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's fucking Scientology with suits. It's like, <laughs> And there are levels of it. Like, like Scientology, there are levels of it, right? You know, the ones who are, like, not too amazingly deep into it, who still draw the art or whatever... Who, you know, it's like, hey, it's not even a sex thing. Oh, no, not yet. It's not. Not at level one. <laughs> like, this, tr in truth, it is, this is not a question for me. I've been a little bit too, um, shall we say, squeamish to actually get into the, uh, 
Okay, Nicole how much Sturman. time are you going to spend researching the deep tissue of fetishes that aren't yours? I think that's just having a closeted version of the thing. Probably, yeah. No, that's that that that's not a bad point. I um, like there's only so much time you can spend researching the intricacies of BDSM videos in German before it's really about your lifestyle. <laughs> until you are just yeah about the uh, BDSM German videos. I don't want to spend too long on this because I'm, I've got all sorts of fucking shit I could talk. I don't want to. I don't want to. This that's not why we're here. All right evacuate that topic so the reason that sonic things also comes up in my head is just mascot based video games yeah it will always occur to me that the whole pokemon monster Hunter digimon thing is the most brilliant thing in the world not just the general marketing of cute creatures because that's an, an, an eternal thing but one mascot we don't need one mascot <laughs> What if this game was made of mascots? <laughs> this and you just entire pick... franchise is mascots. <laughs> just pick your favorite mascot. There'll be some continuity between mascots. There'll also be shiny new mascots. It'll be a while where some of the mascots look like robots or strikes. So let me sort of write the ship. Oh, everyone fucking shits on Gen 4. <laughs> Gen 4 they... didn't deserve it. Gen 6 deserved it. Which one and was Gen, Gen 6? And Gen 6 didn't get it. Gen 6 was the one where they only came up with like fucking 70 new ones and then put you in France as if I wanted to go there. <laughs> 70 new Pokemon. Might have been 77. Let's not uh, let's not be disingenuous here. Ooh la la. Well, yeah, you were just really downplaying their effort there. That's 10% more new. Now, in fairness, Johto, Gen 2, the best remembered gen. Is it my favorite? I don't know. It's up there. Uh, the best remembered gen, Gen 2, only introduced about 90 new Pokemon. I want to say may- maybe it was upwards of 100. Uh, it was It was not that many. But, but, um... In a technological generation where it would make a Game Boy Advance bleed out the side speaker. Actually, it feels a little I'm, more I'm notable think, to add I'm 90 of, new ones at that point than... I'm trying to think of the but here, but the thing is, I've been replaying uh, in research for this episode and also just because... Actually, not even in research for this episode. This episode exists because I dug my, um my 3ds out of my backpack having remembered that it was there and happened to see that uh heart heart gold was plugged in so i started playing that again and uh. then i was like "Ooh, maybe i'll listen to some pokemon lo-fi hip-hop on youtube and then i started doing that what makes it pokemon hip-hop did he use pokemon melodies as the basis for the beats or does someone yeah. just say charmander every 30 seconds uh, okay it it, it it the former was like you know homework girl except it's a that's a national park music uh homework girl that one musical group city girl has basically staked their career off of getting that homework girl energy and good on them because i actually do like city girl but uh speaking of city i think one of the lo-fi artists who does a whole bunch of stuff uh with pokemon music i think uh, her name is glitch city mm-hmm. she's good she's good gonna, gonna i'll check her it out, out check here it. yeah that's our first Weeaboo Hell musical shout-out that was not Denard referencing Metal Band 272. Also, she's a fourth-gen apologist like I am. Uh, you guys can be the resistance, plant your flag as the horde comes. Perhaps fourth-gen had one or two Pokemon designs that were not exactly... Like, I get it. I get, like, you, you're on fucking Route 201, and the first thing you see is a fucking Bidoof, and then you decide, no, man, I'm done. I get it. I, I understand why you might think that. 
And then later you get to fucking Skorupai and Drapian and think that they are profoundly stupid designs. And they are. You're not wrong. But Krogunk. So here's a flame war generating question. Uh-huh. Just because I don't really like peace that much. Like peace is a sometimes food. Mm-hmm. So as a poke person. Yeah. What is your favorite and least favorite generation of this business? My favorite generation five. Five. My favorite generation is five. I thought five fucking ruled. I mm-hmm. loved uh being just plopped in the middle of a whole bunch of fucking new Pokemon. You don't even see anything from previous gens until after the uh after the Elite Four. Um Okay, I imagine that makes things feel a little uh fresher. Five was also sat in an Ursat's New York, so they were kinda just playing to Oh, uh, it's the one I played, okay. Yeah, they they were just kinda playing to the uh I was a fan and I was being serviced. Uh my <laughs> least favorite gen. I shit on six. I didn't end up loving seven that much. I haven't played eight. Uh, not because I was mad that not all of the Pokemon would be in it and they'd be like kind of behind DLC walls, which is, yeah, admittedly a little bit shitty. Uh, mostly just because I didn't want to shell out for a home console. That's fair. That's um, fair. Um, money does not go on trees. It's a cotton based polymer. Don't come in with your technocrat shit. Uh, but seven, I, uh, I wasn't too amazingly into seven ultimately because a the region was like it's Hawaii I guess I we have Kahuna's we we have Kahuna's instead and like I I should respect it right I do respect it because it was doing something very very different from what they usually do but ultimately I do not think that the world ended up feeling too amazingly interesting I don't think they used the three D not the three D like the actual three D S but I mean like the you know sort of how it exists in three dimensions uh thing as well as they did in um uh gen six didn't love the pokemon from gen seven that they introduced i mean incineroar is cool he's eddie guerrero there is a fascinating tug of war in how these pokemon games are evaluated right mm-hmm. because on some level when you get over to gloss it's kind of like fucking tetris where the formula of what you get out of it and how it's delivered is pretty defined mm-hmm which leaves a really limited space for innovation. And then the question becomes, how much do you require out of it for you to say, I've had a fresh experience? How much can they rest on their laurels before they say, oh, you've kind of ripped me off here. And it's interesting seeing where everyone's line for that goes. Full disclosure, I haven't done too many Pokemon games. I understand why the content is sometimes kind of samey. I don't really hold it against them that, you know, it's it's delivering... The Mon experience. The Mon experience, yeah. But I find that I am best served by this franchise when I skip three or four generations and get heaped all the new features heaped on me at once. I'm like, oh, this is a distinct experience now. Oh, see, that's when I. That's how I can tell that I'm getting old because that's another one of the things about Seven is that uh, as the games have um have gone on, mm-hmm. they have added more and more and more features to them. A lot of them involve like network features. A lot of them are just. I know weird shit that you can also get up to in addition to like the the core game, and the more they do this, the more they fucking lose me because uh. I just can't fucking I can't. It's not their fault. It's me. I I just getting too fucking old or something because I cannot pay attention to all of it and it's distracting. And I'm always whenever I turn on a game after longer than you know a week away from it, I have no idea what the fuck is going on anymore or what I should be doing or where I should be going. I think it's a borderline specialty hot dog joint problem, right? Because you go these, you go to a hot dog joint, and they just need to think of new combinations of ingredients to dump upon the beef hot dog mm-hmm. to fill out the menu and keep the gimmick going. I think four had the perfect Gen four, and this is 
one of the reasons why I'm very forgiving of Gen 4. Gen 4 had the perfect amount of stuff in it. It had the game, and then on top of the game, you had, you know, the option of doing, like, a global link thing. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, too amazingly integrated. And it's like, you go to this one building somewhere, and you could do fun stuff online with people in, you know, like, India, whatever. And then there is the uh, the... I think it was called the Poketch. It was very poorly Poketch. translated. It was a Pokemon watch. I don't know. It's like this little thing. It has apps. It's vaguely smartphone-esque. And some of them were kind of fun. Some of them were like utilities. Like one was like literally a calculator. And you get like little cards <laughs> as you uh, progress through the uh, fourth gen games. That was fine. I could keep track of that. You just press like a little button. It would cycle through them. But the further on they got, even in fifth gen... I cannot remember what the lower screen was dedicated to, but it was almost entirely online. And you also had the dream world and like, I can, the dream world. <laughs> the dream world. Yeah. Guys, I can deal. I only have enough. Excuse me. I need to span for one world here. Excuse me. I need to know about the Jungian subconscious of a fucking Gyarados. Okay. So the dream world was this, I never even fucking did it, but apparently it was where you could find, um, Pokemon with hidden natures. Hidden. Right? So there were Pokemon. Then in Gen 3, they had Natures. Then in Gen 5, they had Hidden Natures, which were Pokemon that had a really cool special nature that you could only access under certain circumstances, usually involving uh, a Wi-Fi hookup of some sort. I'm fascinated by people who are into the gameplay axis of it on this level, because you could not, for the life of me, get me past the words effort value. My eyes just glaze over. See, that's the one thing that I'll... Not, not the one thing, but one of the things that I'll give Gen 6 is that they made effort values more intuitive. It was monotonous, but it was still more intuitive. Oh, it made fucking human sense without diving three... Well, yeah, you just uh, you just play a little mini game to raise their uh, effort values. I remember that. Yeah, it was the the, the balloons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you, you shoot you shoot uh, soccer balls at balloons, and then that is how you got your uh, your balls to kick ass. Boy, my Pokemon were way stronger when I just was not dating well. So the reason that we're doing all this Poke chatter, other than it's sort of a generally interesting topic, it's a really fascinating topic. Yeah, that is a media pedigree going. I guess not going back forever, but the regularity of the content and the... Oh, it's just always been there. Like, yeah. I think Pokemon, first gen of Pokemon, right, came out basically about when I had developed enough motor functions to start playing video games. So, uh... like, there's never really... There has been a time in my life when Pokemon did not exist, but I don't really remember it. Like, I remember it, certainly, but as soon as I was old enough to start picking the media that I watched, you know, and enjoyed, mm-hmm. Pokemon's been there. And I guess the reason that Pokemon's interesting to me, even though I haven't played as many of these, I mean, I guess I've played a lot by general non-gaming obsessive standards, but not mm-hmm. a lot by Pokemon fan standards. But the reason that's sort of interesting to me, and part of why we're doing this episode, based on a comic based on Pokemon, and I should, I should cue that up. Right, yeah, no, the, the idea here was that we would read um, this one kind of infamous comic amongst the uh, the Pokemon fandom, The Electric Tale of Pikachu, uh, or... Pikachu's Electric Tale? There are multiple translations there, there are a lot, of this There are a couple of translations. It's the one that was drawn by Hende Mangaka. Which is amusing mm-hmm. and has one or two impacts. I guess it's interesting to me because when you are, I guess, this specific age, you've seen some cultural institutions grow up on the media front, but most things are just pre-established. Like, you know, we came in and Star Wars was just there, Star Trek's built up, all that stuff. Exactly, yeah. 
But Pokemon kind of has that Harry Potter slot, and that's something that started when we were Kindlas, but it's not run by a bunch of turfs, I guess. Not that I know not of. Not that we know no, of. The, no, Maybe they have some very loud private opinions. I don't know if there's, like, a second turf island. <laughs> second turf island? It's, like, it's, it's, jo- Han- it's a Johto turf is, island. Is Hanshu turf, uh, turf island, too? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we love the good people of Hanshu. We do, we do. And we comfortably mock the good people of England. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't give a fuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, this thing. Um, Pikachu's electric tail, electric sword, whatever. Then Keshi no Pikachu, something like then then something no Pikachu. It mm. doesn't matter. That's the that's the Japanese name. The point is, you are one Google away from getting this right. Yeah, it has a few fun things about it. Uh, it's linear, but it skips things because you are familiar with the character, I guess. It sort of assumes that you've been playing the games, you've been watching the anime, and even if you haven't, it doesn't bog itself down the way that the anime is kind of required to yeah it doesn't go through every gym or every transition i guess it's, it's borderline episodic in fact it's purely episodic it is very when it episodic, starts out. Yeah. yeah i don't know let them do some different stuff i actually was not really sold on this comic going into it mm-hmm. not just because it was a tie-in but because i read the first two things and i just didn't feel that uh i guess pulled in by it spark yeah yeah that's that uh, 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 uh. I was thinking, oh my god, am I just going to get like a stylized rendition of Pokemon anime episodes? And then thankfully that didn't happen because uh, you are you witness I think three gym battles in this uh, entire manga. You witness the first two and then the Saffron gym battle. Yeah, this thing is way more into the idea of doing and just sort of cutesy little side stories. Yeah, just finding interesting little ways to just interesting stories to tell in this world. I guess what I appreciate about where this went versus where it started out is that eventually they decided, all right, this is going to be the weird Pokemon comic. Yeah, I this guess. is just going to be kind of strange. Let's do strange stuff with it. And it's really fu- fascinating um, because when you play Pokemon, when you play the games and you watch the anime, all of that is sort of, it's got to be contained within, in a visual sense, right? Within mm-hmm. Ken Sugimori's sort of visual, um, visual Lexicon, vision. <laughs> well, his vision of what, the Pokemon world looks like and how people look and how they dress and what the Pokemon look like and, you know, how large they are and what they sound like and what they do, right? That All that whole thing. And that is kind of its own world right here or right there. And here's this one right here, which is some dude's interpretation of all that. And he has yeah. kind of been given license to do his own thing. Uh, and it's cool seeing that because just the way that – the different way that he chooses to draw these Pokemon – it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. He. It's weird seeing an interpretive lens on things that have such a direct house style grafted onto their face. Like it almost I, feels like you're seeing them off model. Yeah, I would call it like an orthodoxy. An um, orthodoxy. Yeah, it's very. Uh, you know, I think um, DC Comics definitely has a Marvel a little less so, but there is just a way that Superman looks. And, oh, just the Jim Lee. Yeah, and eighty-five percent of artists will not be allowed to not draw Deviate, the yeah. jim lee version of these i mean not that i don't like jim lee i like jim lee's uh, art style a whole lot but it's just like funny to see that yeah. rule sort of at work and i guess i do like that this drifts from that this thing kind of has a different sense of humor sometimes than the, than the other pokemon stuff and it gives it different strengths and weaknesses it's cheeky it is it's extremely cheeky it is cheeky sometimes it leans a bit too heavy on sort of borderline shipping jokes but I think Ono, um, right? Yoshihiro Ono. I want to get that right. I feel like I owe it to the guy to get it right. Let me uh, let me go to Bulbapedia real fast. Toshihiro. 
Oh, no. Not Yoshihiro. Oh, no. My apologies. He kind of has his own little interpretations of the characters, and uh, that's uh, that that is the sort of angle that he decided to um that he decided to play up just a little bit. Oh yeah, for better or worse, um, Ash is much uh, spazzier in this one. A little spazzier, a little bit hornier, which is weird because notably, I, like he has any breeding impulse whatsoever. Right, right. Like he's been so amazingly not about that at all in the anime for so very long. Like I know that he's supposed. They're, they write them like that because, you know, the, the intended audience of the anime is, you know, like, six-year-olds, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, like, he's just a chast cartoon character, but it's been fucking 25 years of this at this point, and I have decided to interpret him as asexual at this point because... He's just canonically jug-headed to you? He's just, he's just fucking jug-headed to me. Like, it's strange seeing interpretations of him, and usually... Usually, in other spinoffs, too, he is similarly interpreted. Like, I'm pretty sure Red from the uh, Pokemon Adventures of Pokemon special manga, right? Same same deal. They play up, like, the fact that he has, you know, people who are interested in him, but he's he's less oblivious and more just, eh, he's a little bit oblivious. He's kind of just off doing his own thing. He's uh, uh, he's, he's a little bit more serious in the manga, in, uh, in that particular manga, than in this one, or the uh, show. Okay. So when I was getting to the sense of humor, yeah, and, and the reason that it just stood out to me, there's one thing they did that I fucking loved once, mm-hmm. so I'm going to point out that scene. Yeah. It occasionally drifts into a joke style they just never use in the other shit, including one point, there was just a side story episode, Ash is teaming up with Gary Oak, and spoilers, spoils, whatever, and at one point, while talking about catching this one rogue experiment upon Slowpoke, whatever the fuck. <laughs> I fucking love that. Gary Oak just goes on this tear. We have to capture it. It's going to upend our entire capitalist system. <laughs> We need to save the nuclear family, Ash. And Ash saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that is just a style of humor I would have never... Because all the normal Pokemon jokes are like either slapstick or sort of poke puns or whatever. Uh, oh, there's so many fucking puns. I went back uh, for it, to research this episode. I went back and I watched a couple episodes of the, uh, the original anime, which has been sort of, in retrospect, uh, dubbed the Indigo Saga, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be the very best. That one. The one yeah. with that theme song, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's so much fucking pun shit going on in that. Honestly, it's, it's some of my favorite stuff about it. Like, they're dumb. Extremely dumb. Oh, I'm surprised because what I actually liked about the humor is that it got away from that because that shit annoys the crap out of me. But it had its own fun little things. As I get older, I enjoy stupid shit more, uh, honestly. That's why I like scatological humor now more at age 28 than I did at age 19, where I was pretending I was above it. You brought up the theme song. Yeah. I want to point out something funny that always just struck me about the Johto thing. Yes. When the black marketing heart behind all things (laughs) just exposed itself for one second in the middle of the theme song. Right, we were talking about this earlier. And there's a lyric. I'm not going to sing it because I'm not exactly pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. But the lyric just goes, there's a whole new world to live in, ellipses, and you've still got to catch them all. <laughs> and I know it's supposed to be like this call to adventure, but it just feels like a guy of like the suit and glasses through the door open and said, remind them they've got to catch them all. See, I... That was never the philosophy with which I approached uh, playing the games. I approached it sort of <laughs> like I was the fucking GM of a baseball team, right? And I had a budget to work with here. I've got six slots on this team, and I need these six slots to be filled by the best motherfuckers, the hardest dudes that I can fill them with. And so I will kind of construct 
just that team of six or so. I don't care about catching, you know, fucking Hoot Hoot. Because <laughs> Knockdown's not going on my fucking team. He's not adequately Smogon. When it came to catching Pokemon, mm-hmm. my disease, I had that thing where you start a new semester or you move into a new apartment and you say, I'm going to keep this room clean every day. And I will go through the first maybe even three or so towns legitimately trying to do this catch them all shit. And by the time I start hitting the gimmick gyms, like the poison maze or whatever, I just stop caring. <laughs> See, the, the one exception- Not about the game, just about catching all the fucking Pokemon. Be like, I... Once again, I'll see a hoot hoot or something. And say, no! Oh, no, fuck I, off! No, fuck off, I don't fucking want to... No, fuck off. Uh, the, the one thing, and this is, again, to, uh, to Gen 5's credit, is that uh, they drop you into this place where everything is completely new. None of the Pokemon you've seen before, at least if it's your first playthrough, which, you know, at one point... Oh, God, almost ten years ago now, it was... Mm-hmm. Lord. Uh, the... You don't actually have any context. You know, is this Pokemon going to be worth training up, or is it just a curiosity, or is it just, like, literally a fucking Audino which exists to be killed? <laughs> do you remember Audino? I do not remember an Audino. So, Audino is a uh, Pokemon that shows up in Gen 5. It's rare. It, uh, or it's actually not that rare, but Gen 5 had this, uh, had this little mechanic where sometimes the tall grass would rustle, and if you went to the rustling grass... It would be a different Pokemon than usual uh, okay. in that, you know, in that area on that route, That's right? A cool and um, usually it would be an Audino, which is this kind of Ursat's Chansey with okay stats and like a whatever ass move pool. It doesn't matter. Uh, you got more experience points than usual for defeating it than you would of something else of its level. Oh, so it was a sacrifice. It existed to die. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and it was really easy to kill, too, because it mostly knew defensive or, you know, help out in a double battle moves. Break its legs, Pikachu! Um, I, I oh, won't... that was the gag I also enjoyed in this comic, by the way. Every now and then, its portrayal of a squash match would be amusing, because it would just be Pikachu with some dumbass pose <laughs> and something else being deep fried. Deep fried, yeah. <laughs> What I liked is how it, it occasionally got creative with matches. Like, matches sort of have to go in the anime, right? In the anime, or in the games, because that's literally how the games are constructed. You know, the way that they go. And in mm-hmm. this, because, you know, he had some amount of freedom in how he was allowed to tell the story, he's like, okay, this gym match is going to be like, hey, I just stole your hat. If you can get it back for me, you can have the Cascade badge. I remember there was that. There was the one where to qualify for him, he made his make his fucking Pokemon dance, which honestly was a sequence I found tiresome, but it was creative. It was silly. The thing about me and the way I... I think this will be the eternal Weeaboo Hell caveat. Mm-hmm. In the evaluation of youth-oriented media or romance-oriented media and just me as a critic, just remember that I don't have a heart. <laughs> And there is just this wooden block with little holes that filter blood to the rest of my body <laughs> in the most efficient manner possible. That said, no. we never learn does just suck shit. But back to Sam. We never learn does fucking suck. Um, and this is from a from a dude who enjoys uh, romantic subplots. Yeah. This comic does fix one or two things that annoyed me about um, the original anime in places. For instance... Uh, it, it has a finish that... It has God a damn it. finish. It has a finish that protects Ash just a little bit. I can't, I can't help it. it. It's, 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 just, it's just part of me now. It has a finish. The finish to his match with 
Richie during yeah. the Indigo uh, Championship uh, arc protects Ash in a way that the original didn't that I thought was fucking bullshit because he looked like a fucking chump out there. Yep. I, I want to say that his fucking Charizard got his ass kicked by a Charmander. I was like, what the fuck? You fucking bury him! <laughs> or something. Something to that effect happened. Like, it's, it was, like, it's like Ash is going to be back next week doing dances with the New Day. Doing fuck Yeah, exactly. Um, so... What I liked was uh, that that didn't happen. Uh, that the I can't disclaimer. I can't actually remember how that fight went in the original anime. If any of you do, then let me know. Uh, Honestly, but, you don't need to remember a specific season because for a long time he just gets chumped out at the he end. He just of the always show. gets chumped out. Remember, I think in I can't remember which generation it was. I want to say it was Hoenn that he fucking loses to a fucking cowboy meowth, which is. I don't know how he kept going on after that. I, I would have quit. It's called Xanax. <laughs> I would have just... I wouldn't have been able to fucking show my face in public again after that. You would see my Pokemon just after popping being up in shelters. Booked into the fucking center of the earth that way. You're going to see him just making Digimon signs in the air like WCW or something. <laughs> So the way that they handled this fight in Electro Tail of Pikachu is much more graceful than they did in the in the anime, which is um, he cannot keep his Charizard under control, and it's actually threatening to kill Richie's, like actually just kill, kill just gank. Richie's Charizard. So he forfeits the match just as a means of keeping that from happening. And wouldn't you believe it, he stays intact as a character. Yeah, you he doesn't could, seem like an incompetent doofus. You could keep reading and say, hey, this isn't a literal spineless piece of jelly. I'm just watching roll from island to island saying, what a colorful new biome for me to fail in. <laughs> oh, speaking of rolling from island to island, an arc that I remember liking a whole lot more than everyone else did, the Orange Islands arc, uh, is the final arc, I guess. Of the, uh, There aren't really arcs in this comic so much as just episodes. So clusters of content. But, but, but like, yeah, it, it covers everything up to, like, right before he went to Johto in the anime. I loved those chapters, or I loved these chapters. I thought it was basically way stronger from when he got to the first league to the ending. Yeah. I think it's a little wobbly early on. The Clefairy thing is kind of amusing. Oh, I fucking loved Bishonen Oak. That was Okay, weird. Muscle Oak is... <laughs> Muscle Oak is the... F- such an idiosyncratic choice. <laughs> like, like, I just never... Yeah. This is... How did you fucking find a way to interpret this character as a fucking Chad? And they did it. And I, I so respected the audacity of it. You just imagine him doing resistance bands between scenes. <laughs> It's these fucking liberties that he takes in this manga. Oh, here's a really fun thing. In this manga, mm-hmm. we are introduced to the gym leader, Sabrina. I do not know of a single character um, in this or anywhere else who's had so many wildly different interpretations across yeah, this, entries in a franchise. This was very different than... Sabrina so, is not one character. Sabrina is, like, seven at this point. They all just happen to share a name and, I guess, jo- not even jobs. Sometimes they don't even have... Can we talk about a based show Sabrina for a second? Oh, yeah, so based show Sabrina was a fucking nightmare. She was the <laughs> fucking kid from The Exorcist. You, you would go through these other gyms and, you know, the attitude would be, get ready for a fun old competition. 
Your mother fucks dittos in hell. <laughs> and that you're sending 12-year-olds to go deal with her as her head spins around three times as he pukes into a quarter. Is someone concerned about this shit? I am. <laughs> now, that's the anime interpretation of Sabrina. The yeah. Pokemon special interpretation of Sabrina is actually more sinister. She's literally just a Team Rocket executive in that one. Great. Is ridiculously evil like team rocket in the in the uh pokemon adventure comics stupidly evil like they're they're like bad guys in the anime they are you know i mean your your enemies in the comics not the comics the uh the game in the manga the concept really only leaves room for two tones Mm -hmm. it either has to be wacky yeah or they are poachers with a super soldier project. <laughs> There's not really a sensible middle ground. Yeah, it's... In that way, sort of Jesse and James... Well, here's the thing. Jesse and James do not exist in uh, the Pokemon Adventures manga. That I remember. They might. I don't think they... Do they? Fuck, I don't remember, man. Maybe, maybe not. They had a fun thing in this comic where they just talked about how their backstory was they were trainers and... Oops. <laughs> I enjoyed them in in uh, in this comic. I'm just gonna go and read Pokemon Adventure, and maybe they show up. I don't remember that they do, but it was again decades, yeah, literally Sam decades. Might have I... more to say about this topic. Yeah, who the fucking thunk? Um, you, you guys can't see. I'm I'm doing a spit take. It's being launched across the room. It's hilarious. Whoever made this comic really likes Clefairies. I don't know. It's a fun design. Yeah, I mean everyone. So here's an interesting thing. There's a manga that's just called Pocket Monsters, right? Which is this gag version of Pokemon, right? Okay, it's like four panel strips kind of thing. Oh, is it Yonka? I don't know. Um, but I just know that it's very gaggy. Ash has two signature Pokemon in that one, which is Pikachu, it's pretty usual, mm-hmm. and Clefairy. Clefairy is this Pokemon that's kind of halfway associated with, you know, some of the versions of Ash, specifically the one from uh, Pocket Monsters. I did not know. There was actually this episode uh, in third gen uh, when they were in Hoenn where uh, they just watched a whole bunch of shorts. And it was like this fun little episode where like the animators were allowed to have fun and like do some vignettes or whatever. Where where they just watch a short based on the Pocket Monsters manga. And, you know, like Red from Pocket Monsters, you know, is there with his, you know, goofy looking Clefairy. So that's a fun little thing where like, the, the manga kind of crossed over. Uh, this was actually one of the comics that I wanted to read for this episode. We may yet get to it. We have time. We have time. We have to iterate this uh, sp- podcast forever. It's also ongoing. Until we die. It's also ongoing. It's like it, he just continues showing up and getting into goofy shit in, you know, like, you know, Unova or Kalos or whatever. That's cool. They can have their own little below decks thing running. Yeah. Oh, man, it is really funny that that parody is doing better than the rest of the franchise. No comment. I oh, I have not comments. Actually, I'm I, a deep commenter. I have I not actually commenting. watched uh, either Discovery or Picard. All right, I'll throw a comment in. No one asked for more Seven of Nine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the market was not hungry for more Seven action. How much screen time does she uh, eat up in, uh, in Picard? A fifth? That's a lot. That's a lot of Seven of Nine, yeah. I know that Allison Pill is in that, and I like Allison Pill a whole lot, so that's that is a reason that I would watch that series. If I could dig into particulars again, because I'm just a little stronger than that, then like broader conclusions due to my various attention span-based weaknesses. Sure. I like that they 
in the pacing of this thing, they basically followed one entire tournament, skipped all the badge stuff. And in that, was it Indigo? Yeah, Indi- Indigo, yeah. And they go through the Indigo Island tournament, and not only do they not very Ash in the ending, but they actually thought of fun little things to do within the matches. Yes. Which is amusing, and... Uh, spots, you could call them. You could call them spots. You could call you could, them. Yeah, so I really like the G1 this year. Uh, <laughs> I think Ash's uh, Jay White is pretty cool, and... The the thing that I kind of liked um, is how how and that this uh, this manga ended in that a that it did end uh, and b the sort of it ended with him achieving something it ended with him achieving something and the the thing is is that you know exactly what he is going to be getting up to for the rest of his life you do mm. not need another fifteen seasons of this show to fucking tell you yeah so. Every single season beyond, I want to say, the first or maybe first couple, you know, just so that you got enough content to state yourself, right? Every, like, let's say beyond Johto, right? Uh, Every single season beyond Johto that he's shown up in has felt not like a spoiler necessarily, but redundant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you know that he's going to be getting up to this shit. Anything that happens is not going to be too amazingly surprising. I guess the only surprises come in what his team ends up being when he inevitably finishes, you know, in the top four or eight or whatever it happens to be this year. Um, Which is why I'm now going to make my fucking case. And I'm not even the first person to make this case. But Pokemon should have been like Digimon. Pokemon should have been like Digimon, where the characters are allowed to age and grow. And you don't see them for long periods of time. But that's okay, because when they come back, they are older now. You know, they will have interactions with the new protagonists. I don't know. That would only make things more interesting, watchable. Fun. Fun, trackable. And I, I like the idea that at this point, if they were, you know, kind of having things progress even at half the pace that they have in real life, right? Because it's been, God, it was 1999 when the first anime Fucking aired. eternal recurrence. Is this our Gilgamesh, just this so 20 kid, w- this homeless child wandering around? So it's been 21 years at the very least, right? Since Ash set out on his journey. Uh, for us in the States, it's been 22 in Japan. I think uh, all of our episodes. This franchise has been around for longer than I've experienced healthy democracy. Aired about a year, <laughs> aired about a year later. Um, but then... Like, let's say you have time progress at half the rate it does. That's still 10 years, right? Let's say 10 years have passed in the Pokemon anime verse. That's fascinating. Think of all the stories that you could tell. Oh, man, by now he could be wandering around like Proto-Man. You have have to fight him. (laughs) He's come to conclusions about the the Pokemon world, and they are not optimistic ones. Bury the past! (laughs) You have to leave it behind, Green. There are no heroes left in Pokemon. <laughs> He's got a Raichu with an eye patch. Oh god, I no, right? No, that would kick so much fucking ass. Uh, and yet he—he's still ten. He's still fucking ten. And he—and here's the fucking Just devil of it. Just waiting for that other ball to drop. Here's the fucking devil of it: is yeah. that the narrator? Right back when the narrator was a character, and I liked the narrator as a character. He was kind of fun. I think he was uh, Brock's voice actor. Don't quote beyond that. Uh, but uh, the He'll narrator would occasionally uh, reference how much time it has been since you know he said. Oh, out they on had journey. to drop that, huh? So, like, I think towards the towards when he was getting his fucking soul badge in the Indigo arc, the narrator just came out and said, "It's been several months." 
So I don't buy anymore that he is 10 years old. You don't like the forest of lies? It's impossible to believe. It's impossible to believe that he's failed to age this entire time. Like, if you, like if to... you do the math, he's spent maybe couple of weeks in each region. Couple of weeks. I have to imagine him just hiding shaving gear as the camera pans over to him. Every episode takes place over the course of about one day, right? Um, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. Holy crap. How many episodes of this fucking nonsense have there been at this up. point? That's what I'm looking That's what I'm... There have been 1,128 episodes. So oh, at the Jesus. very least. At the very fucking, fucking least. It's been... A little bit more than three years. And it's always implied that several days have passed between one episode or another. So, he should be kicking into his early 30s at this point. With his black cloak. With his... Having made certain conclusions <laughs> made... about the nature of Pokemon and man. <laughs> Pokemon and man, and not conclusions that anyone would find at all palatable. He's yeah. watched the Overton window of legendary Pokemon pursuit r- increase. He knows this world cannot survive another. Imagine, imagine, imagine a fucking episode based on the encounter that Gold has with him on Mount Silver. Would that not be the most kick-ass shit? I could smile at that. That would make me feel positive emotions. I remember positive emotions. I think I'm only getting this fired up because... It, like, Red as a character is... There are characters in sort of, I guess, the Western canon, or honestly, not even just the Western canon. Um, like the Monkey King is uh, one such character. Characters that have had more than a dozen, or like upwards, like at least a dozen different interpretations throughout however many years. Like your Sherlock Holmes, your Batman, your Monkey King, your you know Ash slash yeah, Red. every sort of eternally occurrence yeah character like your Sherlock Holmes, etc. And there's something I still want to see Lucy Liu Watson. I imagine it's very networky. Oh, yeah. I imagine you're going to watch this and your reaction will be, huh, this is a network show. Oh, Sherlock Holmes is solving law and order crimes now. Maybe it's very competently put together, but at the end of the day, it's still a network television show. Yeah, yeah. Though they're probably not law and order SVU plots because that show is so beautifully beyond all human logic. Oh, it's so fucking stupid. There's I will never forget the underground fight club. The underground I, fight club, the, and it didn't even stay there. Didn't even stay there. <laughs> the ending plot point was that there was a woman in her mid-30s, I think, who had been, been pretending. Who been masquerading as a 16-year-old, yeah. Moving from home to home. Like, I know that SVU is propaganda. I know that. But it's also just so fucking batshit sometimes that I cannot help but find it fascinating. It's not focused enough to even be true, like, pernicious propaganda. It's too... It's too insane, honestly. It's too insane. It off- doesn't live in this world. <laughs> Feels like cops on fucking Mars. It's, it's, it's the reason that I'm okay watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because the, these are cartoon characters here. It's oh, sort of like the I'm same thing, love... except like there are crumb characters in SVU. I'm going to love seeing how Brooklyn Nine-Nine tries to struggle through modernity in this next season. Yeah, woof, right? Yeah, woof. First off, they just need to... They're gonna, have oink, to look, maybe. they're gonna have to look at half their audience and just wh- I don't know which side they're gonna have to just gently wave goodbye <laughs> just to. Just like Oh, See this ya? is a podcast. I was like shrugging my shoulders very exaggeratedly <laughs> just now. Right, yeah, there are no visual cues. Oh man, you guys are missing so many amazing sight gags. Like my face is a walking just archive of human humor. <laughs> yeah, you would not believe how expressive I am as a person. 
Well, the way that my face is not frozen in a sort of you know dissatisfied like, mood. When our man's eye act hits Netflix, y'all are not fucking prepared for it. They really should rotate the fucking protagonists. They should rotate the protagonists. You know how much? Okay, so the year is two thousand four. It's the only. It's the first time I play a Pokemon game and I'm able to actually make decisions that lead to me beating that game. Uh, it, I had to go back and beat Red and Gold, right? I loved the character design for the male protagonist in Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, right? I, lo- mm-hmm. I loved his like his hat that looked like hair. That was cool. His, yeah. his outfit or whatever. And I wanted to see this guy. You know, I wanted to see more of this guy. I want to know what his personality was like, right? Because all he was to me was just you, you know a, a silent proxy. Ash. You'll accept Ash. Ash. It's almost a meme. It's a it's an in-universe almost. meme that yeah it is a meme. Uh, it's an in-universe meme that Red's personality is that he kicks ass and doesn't talk. <laughs> Those are his two character traits, and honest to God, he's one of my favorite, not just video game characters, but just protagonists of all time. Just those two things, and his character design, and his role in the world, they all come together. They, it, it's great. But you can't keep doing that, especially because these characters just don't recur the way that he and Blue have. Yeah. Uh, he shows up in Gen 7, uh, and it's great. It's great. It's great because he's older now. He's at least 21, possibly as old as 31, and his character design has changed. You have come to the mountain to face me. Well, he actually comes to you. There's this thing called the Battle Tree. It's some of the, like, mountains and mountains of shit that gets piled on. I'm not, but not if shit you, in if terms you could of see, quality, uh, but shit in terms of, of volume. Um, he has a very uh, smiley going face right now in 2020 that... I've forgotten what the human smile looks like, and here I am observing it. It's giving me memories. Oh, there was this. Uh, there's this um, uh, pearls before swine strip from a couple of months ago that mm-hmm. kind of sums up my um, my thoughts on uh, just sort of being alive during this time, which is I was the the pig character uh, saying like, "Dear world, you've been difficult lately, but I'm going to be happy anyway because I can be difficult too." <laughs> there we go. There that's it is. That's great. That is, uh, that's tattooable. That guy has really been, it's nationally syndicated, but for where the newspaper comic strip is these days, it has really just consistently punched above its weight. Yes. Yeah. No, the Pearls Before, I love Pearls Before Swine. It's like, it does such simple fucking humor and it's great. In fact, out of all the things that have gotten animated adaptations from that world, I'm surprised that never got one. I know that he'll never let them do it and I respect the fuck out of him for it, but I want my fucking Kelvin and Hobbes TV series. God. Just one season. If CM Punk had never done that talk show, the Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes is the CM Punk of newspaper comics. Yeah. You, just, you heard it here. The, one of the best examples is taking your fucking ball and going. And leaving. Great times. On great his times. own fucking terms. There are two or three more Pokemon comics we're going to look at in the subsequent episodes, right? Let's say two. Okay, so two. Like we'll do adventures and we can look at pocket monsters. Are these notably different in concept, or yes, ab- very much so. So, um, Pokemon Adventures is uh, does exactly what I've been wishing the anime does, in, in that you know every time there's a new generation, we see these new protagonists, and the okay, old protagonists cool. 
age a little bit. They don't age a ton. Like, I think Red is 16 at this point, uh, rather than, uh, you know, 30, which is what he should be. Okay, so there's still some weird time dilation, but it's not... Like, he's he's noticeably older and more experienced than, let's say, the protagonists of, you know, X and Y. But right? it's not, not Frozen fucking Amber. It's not Frozen and Amber the way that Ash Ketchum is. Ash Ketchum lives in hell. I don't want to be him. <laughs> he's just doing the Sisyphus thing. You're just pushing the ball up. You he lose got in there. the semifinals. He got there. In the Sun and Moon Saga, he got there. Oh, good on him. He finally did it. Uh, which you know, He got I to stop Zigglering. He got to stop Zigglering. And then uh, the latest season, the one that's like not even an, ad- not even an adaptation of the storyline of Sword and Shield, it's not even a badge quest thing anymore. He's just like off doing shit sometimes. And like every episode, he goes to some other region to do some episodic thing. All right, that's cool. You know, play. Yeah, it's like, like they're doing something interesting. When he built a pool this big, I mean, this is why everyone loves the fucking Mandalorian because you're just uh, yeah. doing something different of the ingredients. Filoni doing Star Wars from now on? Heading the ship? I... Oh, the Game of Thrones guys got. Ooh. They just got blitzed by life. <laughs> Oh man, they, they don't fucking end Game of Thrones like that, asshole. It's not difficult. Oh man, they didn't even get to do their fucking Confederate, whatever the fuck thing, right? I hope not. That's a terrible idea. I kind of want to see it. I know, I know. You like I, to see terrible things happen. Like if there was a show that was just meteors hitting villages, I think I would watch it. <laughs> anyway, this has been part one of uh, the festival of Pokemon. Pokemon Hell. It's Pokemon Hell. It's Pokemon Hell. Welcome to Pokemon Hell. It's Pokemon Hell. <laughs> This time, Ash got to leave. I am Denard Dale. I am Sam Legault. I was trying to think of a color that I could assign to myself just now, but I, it's too late. It's cool, it's cool. We have, you, you have another episode to figure that shit out. I'll do a sight gag with black, but this is a podcast, so no one's going to get that shit. Uh, there's already a protagonist named Black. So yeah, you can go to weeabuhell.com or seemoreevil.com, and that's our home base. Thank you for listening. We like doing this show for you. We hope you're doing well. May you eat the local wealthy barons about you and have a great one. Fuck 12. Fuck 12.